away. We wanted men. Smugglers Galaxy podcast. This this week we've got David Sean joining us. We're going to get into talking about twelve backs and do a big old deep dive into it. So, uh, David and Jason, how y'all doing this evening? I'm doing excellent, sir. <laughs> Dude, I haven't Good. had it. Excellent, it's fun week. to be with you. Yeah, welcome, welcome David. David. Welcome to the show. And I'm, I was bummed I didn't get to meet you at uh, the convention, Jason. Yeah. I saw Glenn and immediately heard his voice. I think he's even told the story. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of surreal. I heard the voice and he was standing in front of me. And I think I tapped him on the back as a Glenn. <laughs> but I immediately recognized him. <laughs> his sweet voice was, was... that just calls. He's like a siren. He just calls from the beach. <laughs> That's it. Let's go with yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> How's you guys' weeks going? Good. David, you pick up anything? Pickups this week. Um, I actually did get a nice uh, Luke uh, mock. Nice. And it was waiting for me when I got home. I'd been out of my house renovating. So I did have a couple of things that were like, you know, delayed shipment. Um, I did get a partially cellophane sealed Han blaster pistol too. Oh, nice. nice. I had a loose one. I did not have one in the box. So that arrived safe and sound. I had a disaster actually. That's probably yeah. a sad tale to tell for the podcast. Oh, but no, what happened? <laughs> no, t- tell us had... about it. Cause we, we were talking about it and, and what, what, what happened with that? Oh, that's right. We were PMing about it. Yeah. I had my first like real shipping disaster, something, something coming to me. I bought like a mint Y wing, um and a uh java playset with like perfect boxes which is kind of like a collecting focus for me now so to find the guy with two things and i was stoked and shipping was kind of expensive they're the big boxes they were coming all the way from the west coast and they arrived and the box looked crushed um sitting in my entryway to my house and i was hoping for the best but i got it open and saw that the landed java playset was pretty badly crushed and then weirdly enough away from all the damage the y-wing had so much damage that parts punctured through the once almost perfect box oh wow um so they ended up both kind of being trashed but um super reasonable seller to work with who refunded me so it was all kind of worked out in the end but sad to find boxes that lasted that long so good (laughs) go bad but that's heartbreaking it was. The, bo- yeah, I, I never, the box and I never, your heart were crushed. Yes. <laughs> I never understand people. If you're shipping a box, double box it. You know, I always tend to box something and then box it again to make sure that, you know, especially higher item, higher end items. But yep. yeah, it, I mean, it was wrapped pretty well. It wasn't double box, but you know, they were already working on a pretty big box, just given the size of the Y wing. Mm-hmm. You know, to get something around that and then packaging, so it was reasonably well packaged. It was just 
not meant to be, I guess. So right. that's a bummer still. Yeah, that's it was. A bummer. Yeah. Well, what you drinking, David? This is uh diet ginger ale. Oh, oh. <laughs> boring. I've, I've, I've been on a tear drinking. I had a big three day golf tournament last week oh. that I played with my brother. That's kind of a big booze fest and the weather's not been so good here. So it's, uh, been a little depressing maybe drinking more than i should so dialing it back <laughs> well with a shipment like that i'd crack a few beers too yeah but... right yeah well right i probably had a couple over that one so <laughs> jason how was your week man it was good i went to charlotte for work and i went to rebel base based on your suggestion which is a nice little shop in the bottom of like a little shopping plaza Right, you were the one that recommended, right? Yeah, you're yeah, looking yeah. at me like me. I'm sorry. I, I <laughs> no, didn't know it looked you like you're trying to. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that like was the one that I remember. I love Charlotte because you know it, it does have a lot of per capita. It's got a lot of uh, shops, but Rebel Base was the one right off the top of my head. Yeah. What you think of it? It was good. Lots of comics, lots of vintage and modern stuff. So I didn't pick anything up because it was just my lunch hour, and I, you know, wanted to take my time. I had to run back to the office. Yeah, but. Yeah, and then the other thing, I came home, and I was expecting some figure shield um, cases. I've mentioned those before from my vintage collection because I had sent you that that uh, vintage collection figure that sold to, for close to like a thousand dollars, Commander Cody, right. uh-huh. which is insane. It's uh, unpunched, and I had a couple unpunched ones, though I don't think they're worth that much. Like the most expensive ones are in the two fifty, three hundred dollar range, and I had a couple of those, and I'm like, I'm just gonna get some cases, so I got that, and that arrived on friday but then there was another box with it i'm like what is this and i see it's from my cousin and i open it up that was yeah it was amazing it was uh an empire strikes back case vintage 1982 case with a lot of figures in it a lot of beater figures figures that didn't have weapons and stuff like that but you know i got a new um uh r5 a nine numb a princess leia a luke x-wing like all these figures that i didn't have so now i just got to find the i just have to find the the weapons to go along with it but i was ex- i was ecstatic i was screaming the kids came in they're like what's going on and i'm like i got these figures <laughs> and, and they don't understand they're like no. yeah freaking guys. <laughs> they don't care <laughs> one's on his video games the other one's doing homework so they're like what's going on but yeah but i was excited i was ecstatic so thank you to my cousin awesome did you pick anything up at the swap today uh, uh, Harrison did. He made out like a bandit, and I, I get it now because you were talking about at ICCC. You kept shopping for, or no, the Joe Fest. You kept shopping for your wife, and so here I am with Harrison, and I'm shopping for him. I'm like, hey, do you like that Spider-Man print? It's only five bucks. I don't care. Sure. Hey, do you like that <laughs> chopper over there? Though they had a Funko chopper. You want that? Mm, sure. So he made out like a bandit. I didn't get much. Right. How about you? Ah. Uh. Uh, uh, i don't know okay. <laughs> yeah just okay it was just okay just i think it was the most excellent week ever dude i heard it was a pretty <laughs> excellent week it it's was. the most triumphant week ever yeah Party so on, Glenn. Was, yes <laughs> it, it was a pretty big week i um i'll get to that one in a minute but i um yeah man all right screw it i'll talk about it right now it's too yeah get out of the way so like friday i don't know did i talk about getting the pieces parts last week i don't know just tell the story i don't know but anyway i got a couple of hard copy bill and ted pieces that 
a guy had on Deal or No Deal. And in the process of buying them, he showed me he had a full set of hard copies from Bill and Ted. And I was just like, oh, crap. And, you know, he, he, he had given me a price and I was like, dude, I can't afford that. And next thing you know, they're on Deal or No Deal. And uh, I had to beg the wife. And I was like, dude, you know, I called him and he called me and we talked and, um, you know, he sent me more pictures. He's like, here, send all these pictures to your wife. Because I know, you know, he actually, he told me that people were PMing him off the deal or no deal site saying Glenn's the guy that needs to have this set. Yeah. Uh, you know, just everybody. And then I had people, you PM'd me and it was just one of those everybody's PMing me to, to tell me or pinging me about this, this collection. Yeah. I tagged and, you in uh, huh? I tagged you in it. Yes, <laughs> you did. But it was, it was, uh, the finish. It was Napoleon. It was Bill, Ted, Rufus, uh, Billy, the kid, uh, Genghis Kong and Abe Lincoln. So you said Napoleon. Um, and then yeah, I had so. the, I'd already bought the, the Grim Reaper, but it was only pieces. It wasn't a full Grim Reaper, but it's a full, run and the napoleon was never produced so i have a so it was a napoleon hard copy and then the other wow. bunch um and yeah i was able to thankfully my wife was like all right we got room on the credit card and we'll go do it you know because that's why i say leave room on the credit cards because you never know when something like this is gonna pop up and collecting emergency to, yeah yes it was an emergency <laughs> so yeah, I was able to pick up a complete Bill and Ted hard copy run, which oh, I can't wait for that to get here, which now I got to rearrange everything and move my stuff around because I just can't put that on a shelf. I got to make a, a an excellent display for it. And, excellent and it, it display, pairs dude. nicely. <laughs> huh? Most excellent display, dude. Yes. So, cause I've got art, I've got pre-production art from them and now I've got the hard copies. So I'm the, my Bill and Ted run is going to be all oh, awesome when I get it. Uh, the future just, home of the Bill and Ted toy museum. Yeah. It, it's getting that way, man. Cause I mean, truthfully, I, you know, and I told one of the guys I work with, it's like, um, I can't afford, you can't even touch what I paid for the a full run of hard copies you can't even touch a star wars hard copy one star wars hard copy for so yeah. you know you if you can't do a star wars you might if i can't do star wars i'm going to do another line that i like and, and corner the market on that and uh <laughs> knock on wood it's it's getting that way for me that's awesome um so yeah uh that was the big one so now yeah. we are we are boxing up all our funkos and trying to sell them i did keep my rebels my wife's like we don't need the money that bad so keep the keep the ones you want. So I kept the Rebels run, and freaking Funko released another uh, figure for that. And it's like, dude, y'all had this run complete for two or three years, and you're going to release an oddball figure and make me go buy another damn Funko Pop to keep this line, the Rebels line, um, complete. So I had to buy that on Friday. I bought another damn Funko Pop. <laughs> but it just sucks when you're a completist, you know, and you're like, you got to keep the set together. And, and that's why I got rid of all my fets because they just kept coming out with new ones. And I just, I got tired of it. I couldn't deal with it anymore. Um, so I got that. And then we boxed everything up today to take to the toy show, just in case somebody decided, you know, Oh yeah, I want some Funko pops. So we boxed them all up. 
throw them in the car. Of course, nobody wanted Funko at the shop, this sale because swap meet because nobody's looking for Funkos at the meet. And as we're walking in the freaking house, my wife has the crate in her hand and she bumps my Black Series case and all my Black Series figures fall down. Are they damaged? No, they didn't damage them. They just fell. They're all fell over. So now I got to redo my whole Black Series. So that'll Uh, be a good time to do some dusting. Exactly. (laughs) I was so exhausted because we were out in the heat for three, four hours today. And I I start looking at them and I go, yeah, screw it. I'm just going to dust them all and redo them. And yeah, that was today. So um, I'm trying to think what else. Like, all right. So I got that. The Bill and Ted. My my wife also picked me up some Thrawn, like a Thrawn art, like watercolor or something somebody did on on Macari. Uh, picked that up for me. So that's cool. That's hanging in my Rebels corner. Uh, do, 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 do. What else did I do? Oh, yeah. I got a Back to the Future. Our buddy Jordan that's going to be on next week messaged me last night. He got a Back to the Future uh, EP or uh, vinyl from the uh, the movie the movie soundtrack. So I picked that up, got that all framed up. That was cool. And in the day, my wife's like, I want to go look for shoes. So I'm on a back to the future kick. And I look and there's a pair of white Nikes with the red swoosh on them. That's as close as I'm going to get to Marty McFly shoes. And I put them on and my wife's like, why do you want white shoes? And I'm like, think about it. because you want to be like my dad? (laughs) Really? (laughs) I was thinking about it. So I had to literally pull up a picture of Marty McFly and show her and she goes oh really i said yes so yeah that was my week oh it was a pretty yeah pretty good week i do want to uh the raffle we talked about for the georgia alliance raised fourteen hundred dollars for children's health care so that that was pretty cool that was awesome um yeah that was that was awesome that we were able to do that but that was my week it wasn't that bad no it's yeah. pretty memorable. I, you're gonna you're gonna remember this week for a long time. Yes, it'll be a day long remembered. Yes, most excellent. Um, totally not bogus. Yeah, and then I had a buddy that was. I mean, y'all know Atlanta Comic Con's in town, so I had yes. some buddies that were there today, and he sent me a picture of a thirty five thousand dollar AFA FET. Twenty one. Yeah, I see your. <laughs> yeah. David, you got to just do more than shake your head. <laughs> I don't. I don't ha- get fat yet. I'm. He's. He's a fine character and figure in the line. I just don't have the uh, the fascination that some do. I guess. Right, hey, Glenn. Yes, it sucks ignore, being a fat guy, man. Ignore this Boba Fett helmet in the corner. Right, I see it right yeah. there in the corner, yeah. man. And I've got my Fett shirt on. Yep. <laughs> yeah, thirty. That's overpriced. A, oh. Narayan said he had an extra zero, one too many zeros on there. So, I mean, I, I would maybe five thousand might be fair for a twenty-one pack boba, right? But not that thirty-five, was, right? It was I, an F eighty-five. Yeah, it was a straight eighty-five. Oh, that's the only reason I could think they were wanting plus they were wanting that much plus of where it was at. But truthfully, I thought maybe you know five to ten, but thirty-five. No, no way. I mean that vinyl Cape Jawa sold at ICCC for twenty, right? And that's more rare. Yeah. So. But it was a twenty bag or twelve bag vinyl cape, so or twenty bag or whatever vinyl cape. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's why. Sounds I, like a lot. 
Yeah, it's just a little bit. Did it sell or it was just out for that? I think it was just out there. Just, oh, okay. I think the guy just wanted, because he had also said that uh, the guy had an attorney that was a 70 and then he wanted $30,000 for it. That's just insane. That sounds like a not for sale price. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a guy that just was like, I'm going to throw, throw some crazy prices. And if I sell one, it sounds thing, like uh, the show's coming in December. And if somebody's dumb enough to pay it now, instead of then. <laughs> right. Right. But, right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, so they wanted us to go with them and I'm like, it's going to cost me and my wife were like, it's going to cost us a hundred dollars just to get in the door. I'd rather spend my hundred dollars in, uh, at Martin's show and powder spring show and, right. you know, be a lot happier. Or, or pay down your credit card a little bit. Yeah. Why would I want to do that? <laughs> After this week, you're going to be paying that for the next six months, at least. Oh, Jesus. Try like six years, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I sell all my pops. Uh, and then she You're not going to get that much for pops. Oh, dude, we got some pops, dude. I have the Marty McFly pop that it's like 500 bucks. Well, that's a nice chunk of change. Yeah, <laughs> it'll it'll make a ding. I don't know. It'll how make much the minimum it. payment one month. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Or a couple of months. I think my wife. I'm like, what is that going to cost us? Like fifty bucks a month? She's like, ah, I try like one fifty. I was like, shit. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but, yeah. Um. Are y'all up on Bad Batch? No, I'm too behind. Okay. Dude, I, I, no I would say. Batch. Huh? I'm still in the Clone Wars. I'm like oh. mid season three. I got to that late. I'm 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 getting there. Okay. I like it. Yeah, it gets better yeah. as it goes too. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. And then once you're done with Clone Wars, you need to watch Rebels. And I'm gonna do Rebels. Yeah. It all click will together. Miss. And then you two can I... call each other and cry at the same time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was oh, I the only guy to... in the world who was watching The Mandalorian and had no idea who Ahsoka was when she showed up. Oh, really? How was yeah. that? What was that like? Um, I mean, I just assumed it was some character in the lore that I was not aware of okay. and, and took it as that, I guess. So, um, That's interesting. Yeah, I, I knew I, I didn't know who it was, obviously, but they gave you enough kind of context clues to say this is somebody important. You just, you know, haven't read the right comic or watched the clone. War, you know, so. Yeah. And then you were like grand Admiral who? <laughs> well, actually I had, I read book one of the Thrawn trilogy some time ago. And I probably a month ago finished book three. I reread book one and just ripped through one, two, three kind of through the early part of the summer and loved it. So I'm actually right. now getting more into reading some of the novels. I had bought a collection of stuff that had a bunch of the old paperbacks. So I've kind of pieced out, you know, based on talking to people like, you know, what the, the, the better from the junkier mm-hmm. <laughs> ones right. were so I can at least prioritize and, and yep. start chipping my way through. So, Well, if you've gone through the Thrawn trilogy, I think it's all downhill from there, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> That's the best of the best, in my opinion. Well, yeah, then, then there's the Han Solo trilogy is good. Uh, of course, yeah. Courtship Princess Leia is pretty decent, but it's been forever since I, I read I heard it. the Tales from books are those... good, like Tales from Jabba's yeah. Palace. There's a yeah. few of those kind of series that are short story, I, I'm assuming. But... Yeah, they're yeah they're like novella length. The uh, Tales mm-hmm. of the Bounty Hunter is fun. The, the IG-88 
88 one in particular is like, what were you smoking, dude? <laughs> As he wrote this. <laughs> you remember that one, Glenn? No, I haven't read those, yeah. those tales yet. I need to I need to dig them out. That one is pretty interesting. The IG-88 mm-hmm. one. I do have them. I, I, I did the same thing David's doing where you just buy lots and you're, you know, people are selling books at 50 a time and you just buy the lots. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, hope for the best. Not Star Wars related, but I picked up on Deal or No Deal a while back a full run of Choose Your Own Adventures. Oh. And I love those as a kid. And I've yeah. been reading them with my son. And they're a little difficult for him, but it's pushing him. And oh, I was like, he? oh, yeah, they, I love these because they were awesome. <laughs> they were great. I oh, like the is... Time Machine ones better. Those were kind of like a little more sophisticated yeah. uh, Choose Your Own Adventure, but. Right. And how old your son? He's eight now. Okay. Is he, does he, is he cool with dad collecting star Wars or is he just... loves it? And I love That's it awesome. too. It's yeah. It's, um, it helped accelerate my interest in collecting actually, because we would, you know, come down and like play with toys now all of a sudden on a Friday night for two hours and stuff like that. So he thought it was cool and it got him more into star Wars. So he wanted to go rewatch the movies and, so yeah, kind of like me getting into that fed him getting into it, which you know circled back on collecting more, and then we started to watch He-Man, and that's maybe next on the collecting list. I never really had a lot of He-Man as a kid, but we watched a few episodes, and it's awesome. So he's like, "Dad, does He-Man have toys?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." Well, I mean, uh, one thing why at a you time. You think he has a can cartoon? We... Yeah. So like, can we watch the cartoon first? But uh, yeah, so it's a cool way to like reconnect with, you know, another generation because it, it's so true that like the timelessness of Star Wars and how easy it is to, you know, share and people of every generation just recognize it as good. Yeah. <laughs> and the toys and that that's the cool part, like seeing him interact with the toys through a little kid's eyes and remembering how I had the same experience is like such a cool parent moment because you know the toys are so awesome their eyes light up and they appreciate them because they're just cool toys and you're like wow this is why they have longevity like you know you can take this thing apart clean it put it back together and it's like it's awesome so does he play with the vintage stuff or do you have like more modern stuff for him to play with i have uh no he plays he plays with vintage i have like he has his own we just finished, I finished figure runs for my kids so they can put okay. them in like the baseball bat yeah. <laughs> displays in their room. So he's got that like on the shelf that don't come out, but he's got a bunch of beaters that he plays with and now, you know, a collection of old ships and stuff like that. So he, he's got ones that he will play with and then he's great about not touching the like, you know, museum quality yeah. <laughs> caliber yeah. stuff. He just leaves it alone and it, it all works. So. Very cool. And does he like the movies? He watches them with you? He does, yeah. We're we've been watching Clone Wars together, so he likes that. I figured cartoon would be perfect. Um he loves the originals. My girls do too. Um I have not uh yeah, they haven't watched much of the new stuff, either the prequel trilogy or the new trilogy. Like I I want him to be older so he can intellectually (laughs) process the the nonsense that he's seeing better so yeah pretty cool yeah it's fun it's a great way to you know hang out and spend time together 
Yeah, that's how I feel about it because that's what my grandson's five, and ever since he could walk, he's like, "Yeah, Star Wars." So, yep. Uh, you know, I thought I had dinner with him tonight. I'm like, guess what happens when you turn eight? He goes, we get to go to Disney World. I'm like, what's at Disney World? Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> so, have you guys been yeah. to Galaxy's Edge? Yes. Yeah. You have, right? Yeah. A couple times. Yep. Yeah, I thought the show. Yep. I remember the show on it now. Okay. Yes. Yeah, we, we've done a few of them. <laughs> yes. And we're about to get some news. I have news about Galaxy's Edge. Oh, boy. Yes. Can we talk about it, Glenn? Do you want it what the Star Cruiser or the Star Cruiser? Yeah, the pricing. Yeah, I thought it's insane. Jeez. And that's the low end, right? That's out of season, not in season. Oh my god, really? That's out of yes. season pricing. Yes, so the 6k or whatever it is is out of season price. That's out of season price for four guests, three adults, one child, six thousand dollars for two nights. Wow. Two nights. And I'm not even sure if that includes everything. Because I don't that the, the way that they does it include everything on the ship or like if you want to build when they say inclusive you know there may no. be upgrades is it like savvies is they are they considering savvies an upgrade or is there no more it's stuff not on it, the ship? it includes admission to Galaxy's Edge to Hollywood Studios guaranteed Rise of Resistance entry two breakfasts two lunches two dinners per guest one quick service children are are ages three through nine so if you're older than ten you're an adult. So it's basically a two-night experience. And you can drive the ship. You can learn how to use lightsabers, check out the engine room. There's a captain's lounge with some funky food that they can offer, but that's extra. So, yeah, it's insane. That's insane pricing. Right. For $6,000, I better walk on there and not pay for crap until I leave. Yes. Yeah. And you better have uniforms for me because they originally they said they were going to give you uniforms. And now you got to bring your own. So if you want to dress the part, that's another fee. But yeah, they just <laughs> it's it's just so exclusive. It's just ridiculous. It's not for every Star Wars fan. It's only for those that are rich. Mm -hmm. Or those that want to save up for three years to go. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think six thousand dollars is the average price people spend on vacations a year. Right. I think it's closer to like the three to four thousand dollars. I have three kids, and when we've been to Disney, which I consider pretty expensive to go to, it usually adds up to like a thousand bucks a day if you factor in your hotel, your airfare, your food, all the stuff that you buy. So if Galaxy's Edge is three thousand bucks a day for less people, that that seems very expensive. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the Star Cruiser. It's not even Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Yeah. So you get to go to Galaxy's Edge, but I'm sure it'll be awesome. Thing... But like, will it be three thousand dollars a night? Awesome. Right. And I think that's been our that's our complaint about Galaxy's Edge is if you're going to charge three thousand dollars a night, it better be immersive. Amazing. I better think I'm in space when I'm yeah. on that starship. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just too much. Also, yeah. as as a communication, but is it already sold out? No, they haven't started Probably. selling it yet. Oh, they haven't? Okay. No. They were just telling us the price so we can get that out of the way. But it is launching in 2022. Right. But the website said, like, for guest. Like, there's no plural at the end. Mm -hmm. So as they were labeling it, it was, like, two guest. What was it? $4,800. Three guest. And I was just mm -hmm. like, it's supposed to be guests. It's plural. Disney, get it right. 
just my little thing. Yeah. I got that out of my system, so I feel better. Thank you. <laughs> Do you want to complain about Hasbro or you don't want to? No. <laughs> next week. Next week. <laughs> they also released I'm not saying like a- I skip a part of your show, but I, I try to uh, blow through the Hasbro. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, I don't collect <laughs> any of it, so I don't. I'm getting tired of it. I wish I could skip every 30 seconds of complaining about Hasbro. <laughs> Just got to get through it. Uh, and what day one you check in, you launch into the Star Cruiser, so there's some sort of portal that takes you from the front desk up to the ship itself. And Disney did have to mark on their their page, you don't actually go to space. <laughs> Legal got involved, I'm sure, and said, You got to mark that so people understand that they're not actually in space. <sighs> there's some sort of orientation, light refreshments, you can learn Sabak, lightsaber lessons. Um, day two, you go to Galaxy's Edge, you ride resistance, you ride Rise of Resistance. There's a story moment where you could either broker a deal or maybe you steal a ship from the first order. So I wonder what that's about. And then you're out by day three at 10 a.m. Right. You you start day one at one and you're gone at by 8:30 on day three. So you don't yeah. even get 48 hours in there. Yeah. For six thousand dollars. <laughs> Yes. But it they'll be sold out for years. Yeah. Uh, then there's some new Lego show coming out October 1st. Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. I don't know if mm-hmm. you're into the Lego shows, but you might you might watch it with your grandson. Right. And Bad the Lego Batch stuff's season. good. Huh? Yeah, no. You, there was a moment of silence, so I was just going to jump to the next topic. Go, go. Um. Bad Batch season two is a yes. go. That's Dude, all I got. And I wanted, huh? That's all I got. You got anything? Okay. But I wanted to bring this up when we were talking about Bad Batch a second ago. It's got to tell you that it's not capturing people because you have it. You're Jason. You're two or three episodes behind, or an yeah. episode behind. I'm watching it Friday whenever, and it's just not capturing me. I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong, but you know, Mandalorian and Clone Wars and everything. Mandalorian, there were spoilers at. 3 30 in the morning there's spoilers on facebook you don't see any spoilers with bad batch you don't see people talking about it i mean you see people talking about it but it's nowhere near what mandalorian was so i don't know if disney's just or you know they just missed the mark with bad batch or are they just you know trying to bridge a gap and, and introduce new figures this season and maybe it'll catch up next season but it just seems like they've in my eyes they missed missed the mark with bad batch I agree. It doesn't seem to seem to be trending in our group like normal, like the Mandalorian would be. Mm. But also, I was busy last weekend, so that's why. Yeah, I to watch it. You're yet. busy singing karaoke. Jump around, jump around. <laughs> but dude, you were even before last weekend. You were, you know, you didn't watch it for a few days. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a priority. Like I don't feel right. like I need to sit and watch it. Like if I watch it on Saturday or Sunday, fine. If I have to wait a couple extra days, all right, whatever. Right. It's not like Mandalorian. You wake up Mandalorian. I was waking up, getting my coffee and watching it on Fridays. Now, bad batches. I'll get to it when I get home. Right. So, yeah, it just it's weird. And David has nothing to say because he's not even just watch it. Yeah. Mando was uh, must see TV for me. I would that's one I wouldn't let slide either. We were all pretty glued to that. Right. Awesome. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we will we'll get back to uh, talk about some early birds. 
Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So I actually had a dream that I misspoke while recording uh, the show, and I uh, can't remember the length I gave, but I think the answer to the question everybody was looking for is the inner length of the filament part of the saber, which is 35 millimeters, if it's correct. Um, usually when they're shorter, you can see some evidence of chewing or clip mark at the end. It won't be, you know, kind of as uniform, but... If you're looking for one and you want to check, 35 millimeters is the, the correct full length. David's been bugging me for like ever since he started listening to the podcast. He goes, you guys need to do vintage crap. Tired of yep. listening to modern. I'm not a modern collector. I want vintage. I want vintage. So he stepped up to the plate a couple of weeks ago and messaged me and goes, all right, we're going to do an early bird. Let's talk early bird. Bring me on. So David, welcome to the show. Let's talk some early bird, man. How, you know. How did you get started? Who are you? How? Um, um, yeah. Talk. Yeah. To who us. the hell are you? <laughs> I'll, try, I'll try to explain myself. Um, I got into collecting only recently. It was last year during the pandemic. Um, but I'm 44. I was born in 77. Um, so I grew up with Star Wars. Like whatever toys I had as a kid were Star Wars. That was like the only real line of anything that I had um loved my Star Wars stuff none of it survived from childhood and just kind of moved into adulthood and still love the movies and and stayed up on it but you know never you know recollected and then uh, a friend of mine who's in the group uh came up for a visit and we got together and he had kept his collection and built on it for many years and we went to high school together so he's my age so he's a master you know, quite a nice collection over decades. And I went to go meet him where he stored it. And he's taking tubs and tubs of, you know, box ships and play sets and figures and the Falcon. And that, that, that was all I needed to get kind of the, the collecting juices flowing. So I got into the IC, some other groups, you know, different people helping me along and just kind of stumbled into the early bird rabbit hole. Um, they, I think they kind of tickle two curiosities. One is just the Star Wars, you know, curiosity. And it's got kind of the OG, you know, cred of being the first, you know, real Star Wars toy of, of import that came out. Um, but I like history too. I'm kind of a history nerd. And, you know, to me, that's kind of like the story behind it, which, you know, we can talk about and, you know, just the existence of where it is and like toy lore and Americana is, I think, really kind of a, significant piece of history um so to, just to be able to have them is so amazing and you know going down that for a rabbit hole is uh you know sent me on some expensive adventures to to find yeah. parts and pieces but uh yeah it's just kind of a cool cool area that caught my uh interest i guess so awesome Pretty how awesome. many do you have because i know you were showing us uh before <laughs> before we started recording you had a few of them out in display several i own several um yeah, so I got uh, 
part of the rabbit hole I, I went in is that it's very, you know, people grade early birds like anything. And there are very few 85 grades um, that exist out there. Um, and when you can find them, they're hugely expensive because, you know, you're talking about the oldest of the old Star Wars parts. And an oddity about trying to collect it is like the nature of finding them in good condition because of how it came out. You know, kids were dying to get their hands on this thing and rip it open and, you know, play with these. So like, to me, it's amazing that any mocks remain unopened because I certainly didn't leave them (laughs) unopened as a kid. But like, I couldn't imagine a kid waiting months to get, you know, these figures and they finally arrive and like they would carefully open the box and leave the figures neatly in the baggie and not rip the paperwork to like, I, I can't, it's just hard to believe any of it, you know, is around. So the, the scarcity is, is another factor that from a collecting standpoint also makes it a little bit of a challenge to kind of find these things. So. So if anyone is under a star Wars rock, what is an early bird set? <laughs> Good question. I know what one is, but just for the, yeah, there, there's really, you know, people, commonly refer to it as one thing it's, it's really kind of two distinct things um you know anybody who's watched like plastic galaxy or toys that made us have probably heard the story to yeah. give the cliff note version in case somebody is under a rock like they just kenner did not have toys ready for christmas um when the movie came out and to everybody's surprise it was hugely successful so the story goes that he came up with this idea of selling figures before they were available to kids and Christmas morning kids woke up to the early bird mailer certificate which was this big weird looking envelope with some kind of rough graphic picture and artwork on the front and kids would open this thing up with a card that you fill out and a figure stand and the promise of some months from now (laughs) in the mail you'll get the first Star Wars figures before anybody else Um, so that was kind of one distinct piece you've got like that in its own package and people kind of collect that as its own separate thing um and when you say he you mean bernie loomis bernie loomis who was yeah ceo of of kenner at the time when they got the star wars um license so that that's kind of the the story that they that i've heard from other people um too like at the at the convention a couple of the kenner guys kind of said that yeah that's the way it you know that's kind of the gamble and and the way it went down so that's the mailer certificate and then the actual early bird set um is a plastic tray that had the figures and the little baggie for the pegs that would go in the figure stand that were in the other part that the kid actually got you know christmas morning it was just a cheap kind of cardboard fold up um then it came with a luke uh an r2 a leia and a chewbacca in the tray it's in a white box um, and then there's usually two pieces of literature. There's a catalog and a little certificate mailer that comes with it. So in the display for like a graded kit, you'll see all kind of four distinct pieces with a tray and the box and then the, the paperwork on the side. Yeah, it's a weird gamble for a toy company to be like, here's your cardboard <laughs> box. Let's hope that the kids are happy with this. And turns out that, yeah, they were ecstatic. They're just yeah. something to look forward to and wait for. Yeah, and they came out a little, I think, ahead of schedule. I think some kids were receiving them, or most kids were receiving them by February, which is kind of on the early end of what they predicted, or March or April. I can't remember exactly. Um, But I I wondered as a kid, like, I I can't imagine loving Star Wars and opening up to, like, a piece of cardboard. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like getting a birthday card as a 
kid with no money and it's like what good is that to you like you don't care i mean the only thing i have to compare it to is when hasbro redid it and i just remember yeah. bins of that in the middle of the aisle they just had bins of these really yeah so yeah but that's nothing like this obviously but yeah it sold i i guess from what i've heard it sold very well it was priced between like seven and ten dollars at the time in christmas 1977 and you know good and like an unopened one is thousands and thousands of dollars now um an open one with all the pieces you know you're still talking two three thousand bucks for a good one yeah you're talking about the the figures not the stand or sorry the that just the mailer certificate the so mailer. the big envelope that the kid would get christmas morning to fill out the card and then get the actual figures later yeah it's it's weird how you do have both distinct you've got like you said the certificate and you've got all the figure pieces uh you know i got lucky with mine i had no clue what i what it was and my wife found all she saw was a cardboard stand with the figures and it was at an estate auction down the street oh. from us and she's like go look at it and go buy it and you have awesome two hundred dollars go get it so and i was like it's got two hundred dollars worth of figures on it i don't care yeah. i you know i didn't knew nothing about the the cardboard and then when you once i got it and did research on it i realized what it was and it was just like oh crap you know to me yeah. the cardboard was worth two hundred dollars uh so i got real lucky with my my figure stand at least yeah it's hard to find the parts um it's weird like if you follow deal or no deal you know if you're in the forums like they don't come up very often and mm -hmm. really good parts don't come up very often at all um and then the variations of it, you know, there's not a lot. I mean, there's different variations of the bag. Um, there's definitely guys who know way more about the bags than I do. There's, there's a set number of variants that came in the kit. And the big kind of, you know, the, the big thing that differentiates one set from another is really what loop bag you have. Do you have the DT bag or do you have the non-DT bag? And which, you know, variant of that bag can matter, um, you know, in the kit as well. Like the big determinant, that will send the price up on the DT kits as the transition bag, which is like the SWC and forward. So this is when they started to move away from the DT and move to the non-DT um, Luke bag. So those are, those are particularly hard to find. I don't, I, I would assume it's a production number thing. I've tried to research that. I'm not sure what makes them especially rare other than they just happened to be when they were moving over to produce non double telescope lightsabers. So. And I don't know if I've ever asked this question to anyone before. So, Glenn, maybe you know. Why did they get away from the double telescoping lightsabers? Is it because it was just too small and it broke easily? More expensive? Does anyone know? I would speculate it was probably cheaper to just have yeah. a single telescoping rather than the borrowed out part for a filament. Right. That's probably what it was. It's I would assume. I, I mean, I think they... Yeah, it sounds like they cut corners. Like, I mean, even in the bubbles, like if you collect mocks, like the quality of the bubbles went down precipitously. <laughs> yeah. You get into Return of the Jedi, like it's almost impossible to find a clear, clear Return of the Jedi bubble and good luck finding a power of the force. <laughs> right. So, right. well, that, that was the horror thing that I saw today when I was looking at all the stuff at the uh, toy show. It's open air, it's outdoors. So all the sun was just hitting all the plastic. Hitting everything. And I'm just like, oh my God. Oh, UV, get this away. <laughs> Anyways, that's off point. Dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous. 
but yeah, those are the two kind of separate categories of them. So, you know, people will kind of lump them in together. I like, I have, um, I do have graded sets. I'm not a big graded collector, um, but to me, these are, you know, so rare and, you know, kind of special a piece that the grading and kind of preservation capability, you know, having it all sealed up in acrylic uh, makes sense on these to me. So, um, but as I started getting into collecting them, the, the big rabbit hole was chasing the elusive 85 attempt. So I, I did do two submissions. I sent, I pieced together the best possible bags and parts and trays that I could find. And I have two possible shots. So I sent both off for grading to see what happens. So Very cool. um, this is going to be the end. I'm, I'm getting out of the early bird <laughs> business. <laughs> I'm going to have, I have kind of a couple of uh, kits in mind that I want to, you know, keep in my collection and, and that'll be the, uh, the end of this rabbit hole, I think for me. But So what exactly is in the kit that you sent down for grading? It's probably the tray with the figures yeah. and the baggies. Yeah. So I do, I have a, a mailer um, that's out at CAS right now, which was a convention pickup and I had it signed. So there was like an autograph authentication, you know, service for that one. Um, what I have out at AFA right now are two separate kits um, that are both DTs. Um, one is a transition bag um, loop that I'm hoping to get an 85 on. So I'm, there's very little like information to get on pricing and things like that, um, you know, to figure out a value. But um, if I could piece that together, that would be a pretty rare, you know, almost impossible to, you know, do again kind of thing, I would think, um, unless somebody opened up, you know, a case and like, you know, took pieces out. Um, but I've hunted pretty hard for these things for a while. And like, the, it, like anything, it's, it's just tough to get them in good shape. It's the oldest of the old in Star Wars. So the, the amount of them that exist in, you know, really kind of premium 85 grade condition is just, it's tough. Yeah, we were just looking at Second Chance had those open figures for 1500. So what is the cost of getting just the set without being graded at this point? Yeah, it's um, it's not um, inexpensive for sure. If you got a kind of run-of-the-mill average non-DT kit, you could probably piece together something around the low threes mm-hmm. um, to probably low fours. Um, if you start to get into you know DT, you know Luke's, um, the price goes up really really quickly. Like I think like a good a non DT loop bag will go for, you know, probably 700 to a thousand just for the one Luke. And then the R2 and the Leia and the Chewy, those can be like three to five, 600, you know, the R2 seems to be going up quite a bit lately. Um, uh, DT kit, uh, five to 10 plus. I've, I've heard that, you know, some of the really high grade ones, if you get a graded, DT in a rare bag, you know, could be 25, 30 grand. So it's, it's not an inexpensive area of the hobby for sure. Um, but yeah, they're definitely, you know, pieces that came up, I think recently, just, it might've been today or the set that came up in pretty good condition, but it had some like bag slits and things like that. So there's, you know, ways for, you know, somebody who has, you know, the money to get like the value, you know, version of it, 
you know, to kind of get in and then, you know, piece together things as, as it comes along. So yeah. it's tough though. You do have to be willing to pull the trigger on some, <laughs> on some purchases now and again, you're like, Oh, do I do this? Oh. <laughs> Deep breath. Let's go. Okay. Go. Deep breath. Yep. Suck it in. Are there fakes out there? Like you're spending that much money. I'd be afraid that I'm buying something that's a forgery. Yeah, there are. Um, Luckily, I have not encountered, you know, much stuff. The, the biggest um, forgery that I've seen or heard of is on the literature, like the catalog and the certificate. Um, Dennis Hall, who runs Deal or No Deal, who's also a big early bird guy, um, has come across uh, some information on forgeries around some of those. I haven't heard of anything about the box being duplicated. Um, I don't know if that would be hard to do because it's, you know such old crappy grade cardboard that mm -hmm. you know it's it would something that would probably be really easy or really hard i'm not i'm not sure which but i've never seen or encountered one um that looked fake or, or that i had heard was known to be fake um and then i don't know baggies well enough personally to you know know how many of those are reseals or non-reseals but mm -hmm. you do have to be careful if you're buying any early bird sets because there's definitely a lot of baggy shenanigans where people, you know, heat reseal or fake tape and that kind of stuff. So um, knowing like what early variants had what type of seal and, you know, what it's supposed to look like, you, you definitely have to kind of, you know, educate yourself on that. And that was actually a good part of getting into them too. You had to learn about really kind of arcane areas of, cause like, there's no other boxes i guess or you know there's some mailer boxes but there's one early bird size one so you kind of have to you know learn about uh, some really weird and esoteric areas of the hobby so. yeah and you're new to collecting so how did you yeah. learn all this stuff so quickly like where did you go guys like you really um <laughs> dennis tell you about modern. Huge... i can't tell you about that <laughs> dennis dennis was a huge help um for me like he's you know, considered to be a real early bird fanatic and, you know, multi-set owner. I bought pieces from him. Um, I mean, if I, I don't want everybody knocking on his door based on my endorsement, but he, he was so helpful to me uh, with information and, you know, resources on, you know, where to look for stuff and who to talk to and just in the community, like who to lean on. Um, it seems to be a small niche group of guys and girls who collect this kind of stuff too in the early run um and then bumping into people like that are they're really the most knowledgeable i mean you know there's a handful of guys out there on the forum that you know trade kind of like the high-end loop dt stuff and every now and again you'll see early bird pieces and parts from overseas or some guys here in the u.s and i've just kind of casually reached out and told them hey i'm into this stuff too and swap notes and we actually um, are looking at trying to start like a specialty collector site for guys who have these in their collection and want to share information, you know, just kind of privately um, to do what you were talking about, protect against repro stuff and be out on the lookout for any, you know, anybody dealing shady parts or, you know, eBay shenanigans, that kind of thing. So, yeah. but yeah, I just, I would kind of go back to the community. Like people are so willing and able to help and, give you information and point you in the right direction or just answer questions. So that's probably this probably been the single biggest, you know, thing I've leaned on other than, you know, just doing your homework on like the forums and the gunneries, but early birds are tough. There's just, there's not a lot of 
information, believe it or not, on the internet um, available. You kind of have to go to people who have them. And, you know, a lot of those guys have had them for a long, long time. So they know lots about them. So. Yeah. Right. And that's what I love about the community, man. You there's everybody's willing to help, you know, you know, and yeah, find the right guy. And they're like more the merrier. Come on. Yeah. Um, cool. So, so mostly very welcoming. Yes. <laughs> I want to think we're very welcoming. So, I mean, that's, yes. that's what we strive for here. So, and that's what I've always strived for, you know, as long as, you know, you know, my number one world, don't be an asshole. And, <laughs> come on. As long as you're well, not. Why am like, I here? Why am I here? <laughs> so I, I don't arrest me for like being a bad parent or, or parent, child abuse, but I, that, I tell my kids that same thing. What's the number one rule in that? Don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> It's the truth. I mean, I think it's number one rule in life, man. Just don't, it's, it's don't do it. Good words to live by. Right. Right. Um, I mean, why, what, I mean, we may have covered it, but what got you into why, why do you collect it? I mean, um, um, yeah, I mean, just, it's a combination of a fascination with history and, um, the real kind of early roots of, of star Wars, like, um, I was born in 77, so I, you know, can't say that I remember its debut, but, you know, growing up with Star Wars as a kid and being able to have like the actual first, you know, thing. And to me, this overlaps with, I just think this is even a Star Wars collecting kind of way, there'd be people who want the early bird set just because of the legend and the lore behind its creation and its significance to just toys. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's launched a thousand ships, literally like, you know, that, that's got the toy line going that we're all sitting here talking about. So it's significance, I think, to the, you know, to the hobby is, is you know, just so important to me. Awesome. Now, I know there's a triple telescoping with Vader. Is there any Lukes out there? Or is that like mushroom tips and weird? Yeah, there's weird know, stuff. But I thought there was one that came out like three times. I'm not aware of a triple telescoping Luke. Um, the major nice. Luke variation just tends to be whether or not it's like a circle saber or a lettered saber. Um, I believe all of the different variations, whether it's lettered, non-lettered circle are all the same length. So like the filament will be the same length in all of the, um, you know, all, for all of the outers, they'll all match up the same way. And, and what's that length of the inner filament? Um, can I say it on a podcast or are these closely guarded Star Wars I don't secrets? Think, I don't <laughs> think it is. Not that I'm aware of. It's not that guarded. Why would it be secret? Right. Oh, I, 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 like I, I don't think thing? they put them in the gunnery um, for some reason. Like if you go on the ID guide, yeah, they mm -hmm. won't give you the length for some reason. Well, then oh, don't share it. It be 40 millimeters, so. Well, <laughs> you said it. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Well, we can bleep it out. We'll put one of those R2 wows on yeah. it. <laughs> Just to if be careful. Get, I don't I don't think the people that listen to this podcast, I don't think we'll get reported. Yeah. If we do, probably somebody not. will leave yeah. a nasty review or something. Well, we don't need another two-star review. We've got enough of those. <laughs> I was going to say, I heard you guys got a Who gave you a two-star review? I like to think it's an opposing... Uh, star wars podcast. podcast yeah they're just like oh they're getting sense. up in the ranks we need to put them in their place Knock you down a peg or two yeah yeah it's really affected us we we can't sleep at night anymore it's just it's too much 
<laughs> yeah, I, I cry myself to sleep every night. I bet, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> so Glenn, you never bought the early bird pieces you were talking about. No, I, I haven't had the, the chance to because I'm spending my money on Bill and Ted hard copy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought somebody <laughs> else scooped them on you. Well, they did too because I walked, I literally walked in the store and somebody was buying them as I walked Oh, in. oh yeah, that's right. Okay. I knew there was a story. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was hoping to buy them, you know, sell some more pops, but I didn't buy them, but it didn't, I didn't move fast enough. My uh, regret cool on my grading it. effort was not paying for Express because now I feel like, you know, everybody's waiting quite a long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I have the patience. I have <laughs> like a six month wait at times. I, I have. Yeah, I have some stuff out. Um, I won't say the company, but it's been an inordinate amount of time. Some companies are moving facilities, which is slowing them down. I don't know. You don't have to connect dots there. I'm just saying I won't. One I won't. <laughs> well then i won't I ask who you prefer better so we'll yeah, leave we that won't ask any of that kind of stuff <laughs> but if you ever go to afa hand deliver something let us know That's hand deliver backyard. Something? yeah you can you can make appointments and go hand deliver something to afa yeah i thought about that because i sent two of these kits actually because the fly down versus the amount it costs to ship them yeah overnight express and you know insured for a gazillion dollars is like right. i'd probably be cheaper to just jump on a plane and fly them down right and safer yeah right and you know people yeah, down it, here that you can hang out with dude, it, yeah i didn't realize you guys live so close where where are they exactly they're on they're, the other side they're on the west side we're kind of on the east side of atlanta northeast and they're on the northwest oh they're right in atlanta okay and cas is in florida right west palm right west palm but you'd be surprised the amount of people that do that. They'll fly in, spend a couple of days, yeah. pay the express, and then pick their item up and leave. It's just not. That oh, really? Next day you can do it that fast. Yeah, they they pay. I should have done that. I'm kicking myself now. That would have been the <laughs> thing to do with these. It's not like sending in a a Greedo. No. Right. It's still. I can wait for it. I could wait for a Greedo to come back. But... Yeah, not this. <laughs> right. No. So, what is your earliest Star Wars memory? I mean, you were born in 77, so. My earliest Star Wars memory. Ooh. Yeah. So I can't really claim to remember this, but I went to Empire Strikes Back as my first movie. I have a much older brother yeah. who took me when I was like three or four to see it in the theater. And I think I do have a memory of being in the lobby <laughs> and seeing like Star Wars. I have a vague memory of like Star Wars art that I was seeing while trying to get some kind of candy and don't really remember any of the movie, unfortunately, but. So awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I got to, yeah, you're my yeah, first you movie was the greatest movie back. ever made. Exactly. Like, you know, you can't beat that. <laughs> exactly. That's what pretty luck. awesome. So what is, what are your thoughts on the modern line now? I mean, you're a vintage collector, so you have the perspective of not having the heart and attachment yeah. to it like I do. So what are your thoughts on the modern stuff? I like the look of a lot of the modern stuff. Um, and I got to see a lot of it from like the prequel trilogy when I went to go check out my buddy's collection, which is what got me started. He had tubs and tubs of it. And I was impressed. Like the, the ships are gorgeous. And yeah. a lot of those, um, and I don't, I'm not as familiar with like the new 
Disney trilogy stuff. Um, I mean, I've only bought a little bit of modern. I have the sail barge. I did buy the razor crest. I bought a lot of the razor crests actually, because I actually bought a bunch of them with the same guy with the intention of, uh, open one each, keep one each. And we were going to put one on eBay or something and see what happens to it. So there's a lot of people kicking their themselves right now because they didn't buy one. So I'm sure yeah. there's an audience. Yeah. I'm kind of interested. Spoiler alert that, you know, now that it's blown up, like, I don't know if that's going to help or not the collectability of it, but I, I mean, they blew the sail barge up in return of the Jedi and that's a pretty collectible as lab. So I, mean, yeah. I don't know that that would necessarily affect it or not, but they got to give them another ship anyway in season three, if, if Mando's in it. Right. So might as well be another razor crest. Well, I hope Mando's in it. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe Luke, who knows? Who who knows who the hell's in that? Right. Are there rumors? I'm not up on the rumors. You guys would know better than I. I haven't heard on. any rumors other than that poster that they that they officially released where Luke is holding Grogu and he's making that yellow lightsaber. I mean, that's the only official thing we've we know so far. I just assumed when they left that they were parting to go do their own thing and now we would go back to some new mando storyline so, yeah that's what i assumed too so i was surprised that through me too yeah same as long as we don't get another bad batch with mandalorian season three i'll be happy <laughs> carrying the storyline on don't jump from planet to planet helping people out you know yeah. maybe they'll do home. that walking dead thing where they spend like a whole entire season just with Grogu and Luke, and then they'll go back to Mando and just kind of jump around storylines, different characters on different branches of the. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing you know two or three episodes, you know, in the middle where you have Luke and Grogu in there, you know, doing their thing. Yeah. Uh, or, or heck, you know, have a have a thing where you do have the storylines intertwining, and you don't know what the hell's going on because there's too much stuff going, you know, happening at the same time. Well, the, you know, that'd be the new the Boba Fett show is going to obviously be in the timeline of Mando. Yeah. So there's opportunity for crossover there. So I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot going on. <laughs> there's rumors that Mando and Cobb Vanth are in Book of Boba. So nice. Really? I'm sure. We, yeah, I'm sure we'll see him this Christmas. Really? Yeah. I'm. I'm actually. I'm. I'm. If Cobb Vant is an in Book of Boba, they missed an opportunity there. I'd, I'd be surprised to see uh, Mandalorian in it. But uh, Cobb Vant is, is a good Well, he's on the Tatooine that. hanging out, right? So he's easy to work yeah. in. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping we see the Sarlacc pit, him come out of the pit. And, and then, you know, you got to figure out how Cobb Vant got his armor and see you know, what he's been doing the past two years. Is there a um, book or a, a book that covers how boba got out not officially not yet oh okay yes. uh is, is it in the eu I, I, I think it's in the eu yeah there's comic books at least oh the comic book okay but that nothing with the new disney stuff got it yeah which they're probably going to do on the mandalorian and then we'll get books and comics and everything yeah. but um yeah, that and then the Ahsoka show. I'm looking forward to that one. Which Oh, that's I right. I forgot about that one, too. Yeah, I'm affectionately calling Ahsoka Rebels Season 5. How <laughs> how uh, around the corner is the first one? Is it 
Is it the Boba Fett show? At Christmas? Um, I, Christmas, December I, yeah, 2020. Christmas. Okay. One, when was 2021. It? Yeah, it's this Christmas. I, I know they, they released the uh, Mandalorian release date. I thought I saw January. No, they, they're still, they're either filming it or they're just finished filming it. But no, they're, I don't think that's coming out in January. What about the Obi-Wan show? Because that I live in Massachusetts, and I know that had started pre-production or filming or test filming in Boston like some months ago. Yeah, I heard those rumors. They're definitely filming that in in, um, Los Angeles. So um, Cassian is the one next. After Book of Boba, it would be Cassian because that one's actually filmed or or finished. Obi-Wan's being filmed Do we we need that show? Do we need a Cassian Andor show? I think we kind of yes I and liked, no. I liked Rogue One is one of my favorite Disney era films, so if you want to give me more of that, I say bring it on. Yes. What is he, what are we going to have him doing though? It's it's a prequel, so he's yeah. doing a lot of spy stuff and I don't I don't know. I, I'll give anything a shot. I, I don't want to like just toss it aside because he dies and it's like what's the point? Cuz that's the that's the, what I feel with the bad batch right now. It's just like what's the point? Where are we going with this? What's the purpose? Like, who are these clones? Why are they not in Rebels? You know, do they die? Who's Omega? Like, I don't know. There's no attachment. So I do have some attachment to Cassian, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Right. I would agree it was one of the better Disney Star Wars products. <laughs> That's an interesting way to say it, products. Because a lot of what they <laughs> it do, is it a does product. Feel, that movie is absolutely like product. a product. Yeah, it does feel but like that was a, a competent movie that told a competent story. I can't say that for all of the Disney yeah. products. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, David. I know how right. you really feel. Man. What do you think of the prequels? Those were George led. Yeah, I mean they're looking better now, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Like the the thing that amazes me, like this is no revelation obviously but it's so obvious that they went into that with no coherent plan or strategy is like got to be the biggest entertainment production blunder of all time right like how could you buy the most valuable ip in history and plan to make movies that cost billions of dollars with no no thought or structure to it like it's crazy yeah, the more I think about it, you know, Kathleen Kennedy's a producer, so she puts talent first. I mean, that's just what she did. She would always do whatever Steven Spielberg wanted because for the longest time she was Steven's um, producer, so she's just giving him what he wants, and I think she came to that role. If, that, if you give Steven Spielberg, who's Steven Spielberg, what he wants, like, it'll it'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Ryan so. Johnson is not Steven Spielberg. Like, whoa. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think, yeah, that's just how she approached the role. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a reasonable explanation. So, well, and didn't JJ say we had no plan? We just yeah. went into it and did yeah. what we felt. They don't have to tell us, it's evident. <laughs> 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 Are we surprised by this? No. No. Yeah. I mean, they I brought just... the emperor. They had to bring the emperor back to life yeah. when, like, there clearly was not a plan to do this five six years ago right yeah right. and there's no go ahead, go ahead no go ahead no you go no but I... no you go i, I, I think you that's go. why we got bad badge because i that's i think they're trying to bring it all together 
And, you know, we got one more episode of Bad Batch. So what are we going to see? You know, are we going to see the Emperor, you know, being cloned? Yeah, they got to bring that back. Bad Batch to make sense of all this crap. You know what's the pride? We were talking about the Thrawn trilogy, though. Like, I just finished those books and I'm like, why didn't they make that? (laughs) Amen. That's episode seven, eight, nine, isn't it? Like, what? It should have been. Absolutely. No brainer, right? Right. You have everything that we love about Star Wars. And that, like, that's why those are the most popular books, I would imagine. Like, they're the most kind of Star Wars y, you know, of the stories I've seen. Yeah. And, yeah. and when, yeah, when you think about Star Wars itself, too, like the stormtroopers were what Nazis or, you know, we were also in a time of of turmoil in the U.S. because of Vietnam. So it was just like good yeah. versus evil. The Cold to, War. So you're looking at as we were leading up to the Force Awakens, I was thinking they're going to look at modern stuff. So maybe the First Order would be terrorist and try to explain kind of what's going on today. Yeah. But that's not. That's obviously not the way they went. It was just kind of mind-boggling. That they didn't right. The, the only reason I think they went the way they did is because, you know, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill are old, and they couldn't do what they wanted, you know, what the EU did. Because the EU, they were badasses. Yeah. And they, you know, but I, I would have been okay with a competent recasting. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, you can't. As much what are they as gonna do? Solo. They're gonna do it with Luke. They're about to do it yeah. with Luke in all likelihood. As much, so as much as I love Solo, it's still not Harrison Ford, you know. Right. So I, I, I don't know. We've. Uh, yeah, but I think if the trade-off to me is that they make a competent show and tell a good story, and utilize that character properly, my son is gonna watch it and love it, and not necessarily have the same like well it's not mark hamill so it's not really luke skywalker yeah so i think it'd be good for the franchise and i, I think if the story is good i'll get over it eventually <laughs> right yeah i mean just look at the james bond method you know they recast that every four or five movies yeah. and it works yeah it works but yep. i don't i don't know if i can see anyone other than harrison ford as han solo personally it's yeah it's different it's definitely different i mean it worked to an extent with the solo movie because i love but you yeah yeah and i think that was i think that gets a worse rap than it deserves but it was a good product the the product it was a competent product it had its flaws (laughs) but um but yeah casting the young you know it's a little dicey because like he was already young in that movie it's not like he's an old middle-aged man like me yeah or maybe like a all new of hope, us, but like all of us, but yeah, I, I have to agree with you. I think if they would have done some kind of recasting, we would have been like, oh crap, but eventually we would have got over it because I wanted to see Leia as a badass. I wanted to because I read a bunch of the EU books and she was, you know, an awesome Jedi, and, mm. and Luke still was, you know, Luke didn't go hide on a on an island somewhere, and Leia had a carry a lightsaber and you know, gonna get it, me so mad about what they did to him. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that pisses me off the most is your when skin's starting to I, turn green. I see it. <laughs> it's fine. We'll just go with it. <laughs> Damn it! The most the beloved, iconic character is, is the whole thing. Being an EU guy, and you see Han Solo confront Kylo Ren on the the, the thing on the on the bridge, and then he goes Ben. And I was like, 
that's not supposed to be his name. Ben is Luke's son. It's not Han Solo <laughs> and Leia's son. He's supposed to be Jason, you know, or Anakin, not Ben. It's not, and that's the one thing that just, as an EU guy, threw me yeah, off. I, it still throws me off. I just ran into that. Really, I, is it in the Thrawn trilogy where she has the baby, or is it like the follow-up post-Thrawn book? I don't know when they have the babies in the EU. I, I read it recently, and then they have like. Yeah, the names are what is it? Jason. It's Jana. Jason and Jana. Jana, yeah. And Anakin. And then and Anakin, right? Yep. Yep. I'm like, and wait a Luke minute. Luke and Mara Jade's kid is Ben. So I, I read that book, and I'm like, that. Another thing that movie got wrong, right? <laughs> right. I wanted to see the Thrawn trilogy. That was that's what I thought they were going to do was the Thrawn trilogy when they re, when they said they were going to do the book when you know yeah, you know the movie. it's so good and it's like I'm a really big original trilogy fan and i'm i'm just now coming across that so like i consider myself a pretty big star wars fan and i'm only now learning about this thing like you could have easily made that movie and people would have been like wow this is so fresh and exciting because it's a great story right instead of doing the special effects like the budget the casting they could have had for it like it could have been amazing Mm -hmm. maybe is there a possibility they still make that trilogy or you know, I wish that ship is sailed. They're on a new products, right? I, I really think with with Thrawn coming in on Mandalorian and Ahsoka and ever and Rebels, they're not going to redo that. Th- oh, that's right. Because Thrawn is going to make an appearance on the TV shows now, right? Right. Well, yep. he was yeah. can. They brought him back at Re- with Rebels, which that blew my mind. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's the book I'm reading now. The book I'm reading now is where they find the imposter. The guy to, uh, who's like a Thrawn impersonator. Thrawn or Luke? I know Luke had a... Luke with two U's. (laughs) It's a Thrawn impersonator. Like the moths are gathering together. They're trying to consolidate power and they get this scheme to get somebody to make everybody think Thrawn is back and... Oh, I can't think of the name of it. I want to read it. I know it's actually <laughs> decent. I want to say Zahn wrote it too. I'm sure he did. He he wrote a couple Thrawn books. Outbound um, Flight is that yeah. what you're reading? No, Spectre of the Past. Timothy Zahn. Okay. I'll have to find that. Spectre that of the Past. I have it somewhere. Yep, it's good. It's interesting. Yeah, it kind of takes place post Thrawn trilogy. And I want to say. Anakin is in this book as a kid. Wow. The Luke, the yeah, sorry, the Leia and Han kid Luke, or kid Anakin. Yeah, yeah. The interesting thing about Timothy Zahn is that he says in his mind that they're all the same story. Disney might have wiped away the canon canonization of everything that came after Return of the Jedi, but in his mind, the character from start to finish of Thrawn is the same character. If that makes Good sense. For, Go for it. Yeah, because what he the first part was a prequel. What he's writing now is a prequel. Right. So then from his in his mind, post-Return of the Jedi, he's already written that story of Thrawn. That... I dude, I I get totally get that. Why why uh, fix something that's not broken? Right. Yeah. 
And why didn't they hire him to write the (laughs) the Disney trilogy? (laughs) If you're not going to use the one he already wrote, he seems capable of writing a competent Star Wars three-part saga, right? Like, hire that guy. Yeah. I'm reasonably sure Disney could afford Timothy Zahn. He doesn't have so much money that Disney can't get him, right? Yeah, the Disney product ship has sailed. They're on to Rogue (laughs) Squadron. And Taika's working on something. I think I like the first Jedi kind of prequel. I, I think Ty, what Taika's, I have no clue what he's working on. It's supposed to be just like his own spin on Star Wars. We'll see. I love R- Thor Ragnarok, so we'll see what he does. Yeah. That was one of the best Marvel movies, in my opinion. Jojo Rabbit. so and- weird and awesome. Like, it was just yeah. awesome. What a great movie. What We Do yeah. in the Shadows is hilarious. I need to get into that. I just now got Hulu, so I need to dig into that. Watch I, the I tried movie. getting into that. Huh? Watch the movie. Okay. The movie is just a perfect comedy. It's just hilarious. Are we going to have too much Star Wars soon? That's well, what that's... happened with Solo. Yeah, they took a break after that. So, I mean, I think that's... The, they, they were trying to follow the Marvel method because Marvel comes out, you know, they started once a year. Like clockwork, yeah. And then they went to two a year, and now they're getting comfortable to three a year. And I think Disney thought that the strength of Star Wars would lend itself to being a couple times a year. But I think it's just such a big juggernaut, such a massive piece of gravity. It just sucks up everything that people get exhausted from it. So I think the break is good. I just don't like the frequency of the Star Wars TV shows because I want a movie. As great as the Mando is, you know, after a while, you're like, why are we on this ice planet? Let's just get a Mando movie for two hours instead of an eight-hour series. If we suppose that Disney has not done a bang-up job with the movies, do you think if they, do you think if they nailed it, like if they nailed that trilogy and stuff was good, like is it still, is a fire hose of awesome (laughs) still too much fire hose? No. Like, would we be running the risk of getting Star Wars out? Because, like, I can't even keep track of how many shows they've announced or canceled. And then, like, yeah. there's a lot coming. <laughs> it just seems yeah. like a lot. Yeah, I think it's open for debate. I don't know what the right answer is. I think if the if it if you keep hitting home runs and the people love it, then you're going to keep giving it to them. But yeah. if you're just hitting grounders to first and you're getting out, you know then people are going to get sick of it and say the quality of Star Wars is not what it used to be. Right. And going back to Bad Batch, we, they keep giving us Bad Batches. I think it'll, it'll burn everybody out. People will get tired of it. Yeah, I'm more optimistic about live action, though. I think they hit something with The Mandalorian and just TV in general. Like, I mean, TV in general, I thought was good when I was a kid. And it was awful compared to TV now. Like, long-form storytelling in TV is just amazing. Like, Think of how awesome the shows are that have come out that, you know, take you through these story arcs and have really satisfying conclusions and great characters and week to week, like you can't wait to see the next thing coming. Like that was Mandalorian for me. You know, movie might be one and done, but if they kept feeding me Mandalorian quality TV shows, I'd be okay with that. Right. Yeah. I think if they're doing what they're doing right now, where the show is the length that they need to tell it. Like I compare it to the Netflix Marvel shows where each one was what 12 episodes and, and 
five or six of those were filler. Yeah. And so it sounds, it seems like Disney plus is like, no, Loki just needs to be six episodes. That's yep. all the story we need to tell. We don't need to slam in six more to fill it in. Yeah. So I think they're going down the right path. I think so. I think though, I would suspect those are a lot cheaper to produce for them too. Like making six episodes of Loki is way cheaper than making a Loki movie. Right. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I would think so. I'm not the CFO, but I think so. Yeah, I'm right. guessing. So what are you <laughs> on to? Uh, you've, you've kind of finished your uh, your um, early bird kind of run there. What are you on to next? What are you searching <laughs> for? What's what's on the plate? Yeah, um, I was kind of not doing any mock collecting, but I'm dabbling in that. And okay. I'm really going after like mint as possible but open ships and play sets. Okay. So anytime I can see a pretty good looking box, I'll snap those up and see if I can piece together, you know, kind of a better, better example. Um, but that's probably it. I'm, I'm getting a little bummed out. Cause like I've kind of collected most of the star Wars I want to collect. And oh. I, I don't want to like, I don't want to create things to collect for the sake of doing <laughs> it, but um, I'm beginning to tread into that kind of territory, but most of my collection is pretty simple. It's like run of the mill, you know, stuff you would have picked up at Caldor or Target or Zares or, you know, whatever your, you know, local department store, you know, I place was. Ames when I was yeah. up in New York. Ames, Ames. I had Ames. Yep. yep. I actually went it, to college with the daughter of the CEO of Ames. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. They used to recruit there. They had like you know you go in and do like the rotational programs they hire yeah. kids like at enterprise and those kind of things yep. what college just out of curiosity i went to boston college oh. in chestnut hill yep it's an go eagle syracuse syracuse university so oh okay i, I yep. didn't go there but i grew up in syracuse so i bleed orange and blue oh snow. yeah yeah <laughs> so i i don't like boston college the snowiest airport in the country, I think. Is snowiest city in the country, yes. Yeah, it usually is, right? Yep. So what's the most... Well, we got to wrap up soon, but I'm curious. <laughs> what's the most difficult play set to find right now to get in good condition? Boy, um, well, I can tell you what I don't have. I don't have a really good Slave 1 in a box. So anybody listening to the show that wants to, to, to PM me, uh, I am looking for <laughs> one of those. And yeah, tough to get. I mean, I have a really nice skiff um, from the Power of the Force line, but one side of the box is kind of kind of crushed in. Everything else on this box is awesome, and it's weird that this one corner is so, or the the one side piece is so weirdly damaged. So I'm trying to upgrade that. Um, and I do need a white Imperial Tie Fighter white imperial tie i think like with all the stuff like the early bird stuff the older it gets the harder it is to find it in really good condition i think it was like a ebay auction for an afa 85 tie that was like six thousand dollars or something crazy a lot of money for a yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it's your passion so you follow your passion Yeah. yeah Yeah, collecting it's, as a whole is just skyrocketed. It's just I, I, foolishly, I feel you're... I, well, I thought when I got into it, I was like, oh, during the pandemic, like great time to start collecting. Like 
No. You know, a lot of people are out of work and they're, you know, going to be nervous and they're going to be selling stuff like this. And it was exactly the opposite. It was <laughs> everybody was home. Everybody had extra money. They had time. And yeah, I, I kind of got in at the absolute worst possible worst time, time ever, about yeah. a year ago. Yeah. Right as uh, it was in a full upswing. So. Yeah, it was the, the pandemic was a really weird time because you had people that were trying to, you know, were at home and going through their stuff and saying, I, you know, I got extras of this or I don't need yeah. this or, you know, rearranging their collection. So you had some really cool crap come up. But then again, prices went through the roof because everybody had those that extra money that they were sitting on. You know what? It was cheaper than the, the therapy I would have needed from being trapped at home all year <laughs> in the pandemic and my three kids homeschooling and yeah. I'd had surgery earlier. So like I, I, I needed an outlet and it happened to be star Wars collecting. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not a bad hobby. I've got, no, yeah. And then the grand scheme of things, that's, that's what my wife points out when her friends all make fun of me and my, my hobby. Um, <laughs> tell like, them well, it was either, know, tell them it was either heroin or star Wars. So you took, yeah, the it, could, right, it could be yeah. drinking and hookers and yeah, you know, so. it's, there's worse <laughs> vices. So <laughs> yes. Well, at I the mean, end of the day, I, 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 there's something of value. So, right, right. How's your wife taking? I've met her, and, and she's she was at IC, and, and yeah. for the first, you know, she kind of felt overwhelmed, but I think she got used to it. So, how's she accepting it? Yeah, she's the exact opposite of me in every way. She's not in the least bit a nerd. So, she went along like a good sport. And the last day of the convention, she's like, "All right, I'm get me a ticket. I'm going to go in and check this thing out." And she was blown away. She loved it. Everybody she met, you know, she had a good time with. She got really into the droids. Um, she bought a droid from the Droid Builders Club, like a 3D printed one. And it's sitting on my shelf. And she that's, wants to. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I see now. Yeah. She wants to build uh, an actual R2 with the kids, wow. like a winter project, like do the programming and like the whole deal. So that's great. Um, whether that comes to fruition, I don't know. Um, but yeah, she. She embraced it, and she's very tolerant of uh, <laughs> of my collecting and uh, toy buying. I actually I bought an early bird. I think I might have told you guys the story um, on the ride back from ICC with my SUV like filled with toys. Like <laughs> it was embarrassing. <laughs> and we drove together, and we were driving back from Tennessee to Massachusetts, and on one of the sites somebody put up this like awesome early bird and we had just switched like driving duty so i'm in the passenger seat and i couldn't buy it fast enough and i'm telling her what i'm doing and she was actually rooting for me which was a very surreal moment because i'm like in a car full of toys and she that's was awesome. cheering me on so it was like you're a good egg yes. <laughs> keep her don't screw this that's up a, David. That's a, <laughs> yeah i had no idea i married a tolerant toy collector wife but uh apparently i did so yeah don't screw that up no <laughs> awesome david thanks for joining us man yeah I, thanks you, for you, having me i love talking us. thanks for listening a, a good go ahead david jason no i was just what saying thanks saying? for joining us thanks for listening yeah you've been a loyal supporter man and we appreciate it we appreciate i'll it. i'll be there awesome <laughs> i feel God. like i need to do the friends clap now yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there for you. That's a nice way to wrap up your show. You probably can't do that without paying a royalty, though, right? Probably not. So I'll have to like skip a beat or something, but you know, I don't think people will even care. 
No. Yeah, I did such a horrible job singing that just now. They don't want the money. <laughs> they, just keep it. they don't want to be affiliated in any way. No, they just <laughs> spend it on singing lessons. Just stay away from us. Don't don't donate it. <laughs> awesome, David. Thank you for joining cool. us. You can yeah, man. Find us on Smugglers Galaxy on Facebook, Instagram, email us smugglersgalaxy at gmail.com. Everybody, y'all have a good rest of your day. This is the way. Party on, dudes. Bye.